Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. How many of you like to have at least some idea of where you're going? You know, when I plan vacations, I usually... uh... I'm kind of a stickler. I like to, you know, where I'm going to stay, what road I'm going to use. And, and if something throws me off, uh, I was about to say, I, I don't get upset, but my wife, she's not in here right now, but she would say I get upset when things are, are thrown and i got to take a detour or something because it's nice to know where you're going. Well, sometimes God's going to direct us and we're not going to know where and why. We just have to go by faith. That's how life is a lot, right? It's, it's faith. We've got to trust God. And, and that's what we, he did in this passage here. Let's uh, get to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And it begins in verse 26. We've already read it there. It says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. So God spoke to Philip's heart and said, Get up and go south. I would struggle with that. I'll just be honest with you. I would struggle with just get up and go south. Go that direction and I'll take care of the rest. But you know, that's how God works. And God had a plan here. You see, God had a man that was searching, that was looking. And God had another man over here, Philip, who had the answer. And God's going to put them together. And that's how God works. You know, this morning, the message is the day a treasurer found the greatest treasure. And we're going to take a look at a little bit of both. We're going to look at the the man himself, this Ethiopian treasure who came looking to worship God, was seeking answers. And maybe there's someone here this morning that you're looking for some answers. You're looking for some hope, maybe some help. And maybe you'll find the answer like this man did. Uh, Or maybe you're like Philip. You have the answer. And God is going to work through you to help others, to encourage them. So this morning, let's get into this passage. Let's get into this message. I just have a few thoughts, uh, a little bit more than three. I normally go with three or four, but this morning I have uh, more. We'll, we'll hurry up through this uh, because we've got some baked potatoes out there, so I won't take too long. But I want to start first with the place, the place where this man found his treasure. You know, in this world today, there's a lot of treasures out there that you can seek. Uh, of course, we think of money. And some, that's what they put their whole life into trying to get as much as they possibly can. Uh, Some, it's more with possessions. They try to get as much as they possibly can of things in this world. You know, for some people, the treasure is people. And by the way, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that as far as uh, getting to know people, being a blessing to others. But you know, the greatest treasure in the world, as we'll see here this morning, is Jesus Christ Himself. And making sure you belong to Him and He's in your life. Because that makes all the difference. It makes all the difference today, and it'll make all the difference tomorrow and into eternity. And that's what this man is looking for. He's looking for some answers. The Bible tells us that he went down to Jerusalem to worship. So we find a very sincere man. That's what I want to start with here. Uh, As far as his sincerity, he went down to worship God. Uh, He was doing what he knew and what he thought best. He was sincere. And he went to worship God in Jerusalem. Now at this point, much had happened in Jerusalem. Christ had already ministered there for three years. Uh, there had all, uh, been all sorts of excitement. He'd been crucified. He, he'd risen. He'd already ascended into heaven at this point. 
Uh, the church had already began to do the work of spreading the gospel out. There had been some persecution, some trials. Uh, I wonder when this man arrived at Jerusalem, if he knew about some of this, or when he got there, he began to hear. I'm sure he heard about it. This was news. This was important. This was what was going on in the city. And maybe when he heard about Christ, he, he had some questions. Who is this man? Who is this one that everyone says is alive today after he died? Who is this one everyone's talking about can change lives? Well, evidently, while he was in Jerusalem, he never came across anybody that was able to witness to him or took the time to witness to him. You know, there are people in this world that are like that. Let me just share that with you right now. There are people in this world that I think have questions. They're looking for answers, and there's just nobody that can give them those answers. Or nobody takes time to give them those answers. I read a, a story recently about a man. This, this was a, actually took place in the 1800s. This gentleman had, had worked for a furniture store. At the late 1800s, at the turn of the century, worked for a furniture store, a large one. In downtown New York, large city, people. One day a pastor went in there. He'd been in there several times through the years, bought different things for the church and for his own personal life. And one day, the Lord just worked upon his heart, and this man was in his 70s, pretty much turning it over to his son is what he was in the process of doing. And this pastor went up to him afterwards and said, Sir, you know, I have purchased many items from you through the years. Would you mind if I take the time now to share my business with you? man said, sure. Went back into his office and there the pastor shared with him not only the importance of being saved, but how to be saved. Shared how he was a sinner, that he needed to be forgiven of his sin. How if he would repent and believe in Christ that he'd be saved. Well, anyway, they did this for about 20 minutes. And throughout the whole time, this businessman never said a word. And then finally he looked, he said, you know, sir... I have been doing business my whole life here. I've sold to many people. You're the only one who's taken time to tell me about Christ. He wasn't upset. He wasn't angry. He bowed his head, repented of his sin, and accepted Christ as his Savior right then and there. Folks, there are people out there that we have to take Christ to. Share the gospel with them. They're looking. We have the answer. If you're saved here, you have the answer. If you're not saved... Today's the day you can't accept Christ. You can repent and believe. Well, this man here, let's, let's continue on. So this man's coming back. He's worshiping here in Jerusalem. He's now going. So as far as the place, this meeting took place not in Jerusalem. He's leaving Jerusalem. Nobody's been able to give him any answers or, or point him to Christ. So he knows nothing about Christ outside of maybe information. And he's leaving. He's going back home. And there, on a desert road in the middle of nowhere, there's where God would change his life. You know what this tells us? This tells us that God has power to change a life anywhere. You know, I want to encourage you this morning to think, I hope and pray you're saved. If you're saved here today, where did God change your life? I know some have been changed up front at the altars. They come forward and they accept Christ as their Savior. Some accept Christ at home. I know some who... Driving home from church, God worked in their heart and they pulled over and there on the, the side of the road they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Some accept Christ in an office. Where did you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Wherever that is, that's where God did a miracle in your life. That's where God changed your life. That's where God entered into your life. And that's where God has blessed you. Never forget 
where God has blessed you. Never forget where God changed your life. Thank the Lord every day for your salvation if you're saved. If you're not saved, maybe here this morning will be the place where God will work in your heart. And this is where your life will be changed. Well, anyway, we find here as far as the place that God worked. And it's what we would call a remote area. But let's go on to our next point here. I want you to notice there was a problem. There was a problem. Let's go to our our passage here. We're in Acts chapter 8. And it says here, in verse 28, or verse 29, it says, that the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Esaias and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And the man said, How can I except some man should guide me? So here's the problem we run into. This man, on his way back from worshiping, was reading the scriptures. He's reading the Bible. Bible tells us here he's reading Isaiah. Uh, we know the passage. Let's go to Isaiah 53. We'll, let's look at what he's reading. Isaiah chapter 53. And as he's reading, the Bible says that Philip noticed there was a problem. That he didn't understand what he was reading. Now, the problem is not in intelligence. Okay, let me point that out. It had nothing to do with his intelligence. It was ignorance. He just didn't know. He was a smart man, intelligent, but he just didn't know who the scriptures were talking about. And let's look at the passage, what he's reading here. Isaiah chapter 53 is what it points us to. And verse 6, it says, all we like sheep, or excuse me, let's go back. Uh, Verse uh, 2 says, he is despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison, from judgment, who shall declare his generation. He was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He's reading this passage, okay? This man's reading this passage. And he concludes that, and rightly so, that this passage is talking about somebody. It's talking about someone. But he can't place it. He doesn't know who. Have you ever had that happen in life where you, you, someone says something and you think, yeah, let me, I know that has to refer to someone or something. I just can't place it. I can't put my finger on it. Well, he can't figure this out. He can't figure out who this is talking about. And he wants to know. And it's confusing him. And it's a problem here because he knows this is important. He knows it's in the Scriptures. And he knows this has to be fulfilled at some point. And so he's struggling here as far as his problem. Uh, as I said before, it had nothing to do with his intelligence. He understood the words. He just couldn't put it together with the person. That's the treasure he was looking for. He's trying to find an answer here. You know, here, here's my thought before we move on. The Bible is filled with information and knowledge and treasures. The problem is, without Christ, we can't understand it. Without Christ, it's knowledge, information. But you're not going to find the comfort and the strength there without the the key. And the key is Christ. See, this man didn't have the key yet. And so he's reading it. He has the knowledge, but he's saying, something's missing here. 
I'm, I'm missing this. I know a, a missionary today still up in Canada. He said he had read the Bible through the way he quoted. He said at least ten times in his life because he knew that it was important. But he said it never really made any sense to him. So the, the day after he was saved, he began reading the Bible. It seemed like everything began to click. It just began to make sense. Why? Because he had Christ. He had the key. And so this man here, the problem is he didn't have the key yet. He's looking at these scriptures and he's struggling. Let's move on to the man who had the power to unlock this. And that's Philip. Notice what happened next. The Bible says in Acts chapter 8, let's get back here. We find that Philip, it says here, ran thither to him, heard him read the prophet. And he had a question. He says, understandest thou what thou readest? And the man said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Okay, so here's the man with the key. You have this treasurer who says, I don't understand what this is saying. I can read it, but I don't understand. And then you have Philip who shows up and Philip says, here's the answer. Let me me help you out with this. I have the key. A few thoughts on Philip that I want to encourage you with. First, he was, you know, he was where he was supposed to be. This morning, if you walk with God and you let God lead your life, you're going to find yourself where you're supposed to be. And where you're supposed to be is where God wants you, right? When we live for ourselves and we desire do the things of our flesh, then we can find ourselves in a place where we're not supposed to be. And when we find ourselves in those situations, we can be tempted, we can be discouraged, and other things can hinder our life. But if you're walking with God and you're seeking the Lord, you're going to be where you're supposed to be. Now, that being said, you may be in a place where you wonder, okay, God, I'm where I'm supposed to be, but why am I here? Have you ever had that happen where you, you think, why am I here, Lord? And there's nothing wrong with those questions. There's nothing wrong with, with, with saying, Lord, uh, what do you have for me? I don't know if Philip thought this, okay? He's going south. He's on this remote road. I don't know if at any point he thought, God, why am I on this road? Why am I here? And then this chariot comes by. And the Lord says, right there. That's why you're here. You know what this really tells us? It tells us there's a lot more going on than just us. There's a big picture. God may put you somewhere where it's not for you. It's for someone else. He may put you where you're working so you can be a witness to that person next to you. You can be a testimony and lead them to Christ. Or he may take you into a neighborhood where you're going to be the light to those that are around you. And yes, he's working in your life, but he's also working through you to be a blessing to others. And that's that's what happened here with Philip. God put him right here at the right time, right place, so that way he could be a witness and a testimony. And what we find here is he was ready to go. He was ready. I'd like to say I was, I've always been ready, but I know there have been times where I hesitated. There have been times where I, I delayed. There were times where I slowed down. But not Philip. Lord said, here, this chariot, and he went right up to it, began the conversation. I don't know if he saw some confusion on this man's face, or if he saw that the book was opened up and he recognized it as being Scripture. Whatever the case may be, we find that he said, Understandest thou what thou readest? This man said, how can I? So if someone explained it to me, I, I need some answers. Will you please help me with this? So he, here's the thought here on this. Philip had the key. He had the key, and that was the knowledge of Christ. 
This morning, if you're saved, you have the key. You have it. You have Christ. And you have the answer to other people's problems. Just stop and think about that for a moment. You can help someone out just by sharing Christ with them. Oh, you, you don't have to know all their problems. You don't have to even relate. For example, someone can be having a difficult time in life. A friend, family member, co-worker. And you may just be able to say, hey, you know, I, I can't relate. I don't know what you're going through. But I can tell you this, God has helped me out. And God can help you out too. Christ has given me peace and He can give you peace. Christ has given me direction and He can give you direction. Christ has saved me. He can save you. And see, that's how you witness to people. That's how you share the gospel. That's how you use the key, so to speak. So that way it can help others in life. What's important, though, is we have to use it. Uh, One of the things I am guilty of, I don't know if anybody else here is guilty of this, but I am guilty of misplacing my keys. Half the time I'm late is because I'm looking for my keys. They're back in the bedroom. They're back. They're not where I think I left them. You know, I usually blame someone else for moving them too. When it, it was probably me who put them down somewhere, and I can't find them. You know, uh, when you misplace your keys, uh, you can do very little as far as if you need them to get into your car or you need to get them into a building. Folks, you have the key as far as Christ. If you're saved, you have the key. Let's use it. Let's share that with others so others can be saved and others can know uh, the, the peace that you have and the hope that you have in Christ. So, so Philip had the power to unlock. Let's look at the next one. Let's talk about the prize now, okay? Uh, we're going to talk about the prize here. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1, uh, or excuse me, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8, It says here, then Philip, verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture, and he preached unto him Jesus. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Not a whole lot. Didn't give us an outline. Didn't tell us all the details. It just says that he preached unto him Jesus. I've often wondered as far as what he said. We're not told. But I I think we kind of have an idea when we look at the scriptures. Let me share with you Romans chapter 4. What we find over here. Now I know this is Paul writing, not Philip. But notice what Paul says in Romans chapter 4 verse 23. Because it says Philip preached unto him Jesus. So he had to share Christ with him. And notice it says in Romans chapter 4 verse 23. Now it is not written for his sake alone, but it was imputed to him. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Notice what it says in verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. That's referring to Christ. Delivered for our offenses. You know, he went to the cross because of our sin. That's what he went to the cross for. He made a payment for sin. That's why Christ came into this earth. Uh, You know, when you read the Gospels, Jesus Christ was focused to carry, uh, as far as carrying out the will of the Father. And nothing deterred him. Nothing discouraged him. He went forward. And he went to the cross. And there on the cross, he made the payment for sin, for your sin, for my sin, for the sin of the world. And then it says here, and was raised again for our justification. You see, he he came out of that grave as conqueror, as victor over death. And because he lives, you can have life. See, that's the key right there. 
Now, as far as his death, yes, that's important. But you know everyone dies? As it is appointed unto men, once to die and then the judgment. You know what sets Christ apart? Obviously, his resurrection. Three days later, he came out of that grave. Now, I enjoy Easter. We have that coming up here in a few weeks. We're going to have a resurrection service. And I enjoy that time of year. Enjoy preaching. But every Sunday we meet, we should celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why believers begin to meet on the first day of the week. Because that's the day He arose. And that's why we meet the first day of the week as a church. We remember every single week when we get together, we can praise God that He's alive. Praise God He arose from the grave. And because He lives, then we can have life. So if you put your faith in Christ, you have life because of His life. Now, I don't know if Philip, what details he went into with this treasurer from Ethiopia... But obviously he preached Christ unto him enough where this man could believe and receive him. In other words, he gave him an understanding and a knowledge. And that leads us to the profession that takes place. This is where he gets the treasure, okay? This is where he he finds it finally. And that's here in verse, we read there in verse 35, and it says here, verse 36, And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? So he looks over and he sees a, a river there or a canal. And he, he looks at Philip. He says, um, can I be baptized? What, what prevents me from going down and being baptized now? And then notice Philip's answer. He says unto him, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Isn't that one of the greatest answers in the scriptures? This man says, I believe. I believe he's the Son of God. And that's the key right there. That's the treasure right there. That's, that's the prize. You see, Philip said, if you believe, if you've received him into your heart, faith now, we're, we're talking faith. He says, if you believe, you can be baptized. No, notice he didn't say you can be baptized and then believe, or along with belief. He says, you believe, then you can be baptized. In other words, you're saved, now you can go forward. Once you're saved, you can be baptized. And so, as far as his profession, first we find belief. This man said, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Notice the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2.8.9, For by grace and through faith are you saved. Not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, when we get to heaven, if there's any boasting, it's going to be boasting on Jesus Christ. Which I think there is going to be. I think we're going to be worshiping Him, praising Him. Isn't it going to be wonderful to get to heaven and just boast on Him all day long, just praise God and be in His presence? But I can tell you this, there's not going to be any boasting in ourselves, Because the only reason all of us will be there is because of Jesus Christ. That's it. Saved by grace and through faith. You know, I'm so grateful for that. Because when you look at it, if there were conditions put upon salvation... I'm certain that none of us would make them because nobody's perfect. We can't earn enough to be saved. We can't work hard enough to be saved. There's that sin there. And Christ has taken care of it. And Christ is the one who gives the life. And this man believed. He said, I believe he's the Son of God. And so he was saved at that moment. And the Bible says he went down and he was baptized. We're going to have a baptismal service here in a minute. And that's what this man did. Now, we're not going to be out in a river. It might be as cold back there, I don't know. But we're, we're going to be back there. But they went down in that water and he baptized him there. You see what baptism was? That, that's the outward expression of the inward change. That's what baptism is. 
Baptism is when you're sharing with the whole world what just took place in your heart. That Christ has changed me. You know, buried in the likeness of His death. Raised in the likeness of His resurrection. To walk in newness of life. It's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So baptismal services are wonderful to see that picture. And every time there's a baptismal service, remind yourself what Christ has done for you. How He's changed your life and given you new life. And then praise God for the person who's just been saved. And this man here was able to go down and he was baptized And God blessed him. And this is the final one here. Notice the praise that took place afterwards. The Bible tells us here, and we're going to go on down to verse 39. It says, And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. The eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Okay, so this eunuch, this Ethiopian treasure, Bible tells us he continued on. He went on his way rejoicing. Some think that refers to Philip. Some think the Ethiopian. Uh, I heard one pastor say it probably refers to both. Uh, I don't know about you. When I see someone saved, I rejoice. And when I was saved, I rejoice for myself. I thank the Lord for my salvation. So uh, we find here, uh, this man here continued though. That's, that's the point here. Rejoicing. There's some praise taking place. So he goes home, back to where he lived as a changed man. He found the treasure. The Lord changed his heart. And he discovered a prize worth keeping. Worth holding on to. His life would never be the same because of Jesus Christ. He had a reason to rejoice. He had a reason to praise God. You know, this morning, I think if you're saved, I really believe if you're saved, you have a reason to rejoice. Now, I don't know what's going on in your life. I hope things are well. But if you're having a difficult time, you're going through some trials or some troubles or, or maybe some tests in your life. Come back to Christ and rejoice in Him. Thank God for your salvation. Thank God for your new life. Thank God for what He's done for you. Thank God He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Thank God He's promised to be your strength, to be your guide, to give you direction. You're not going to be alone in this world, or you're not alone because of Christ. You see, think back to what Christ has done for you. This man was rejoicing because his life's been changed. And we can rejoice if you're saved here this morning because of our changed life. So that's what I want to close with. I want to ask you a few questions, and we'll have an invitation. First off, are you saved? Has your life been changed? Amen. Praise God for that. See, that's what matters most. And that's what happened here. This man's life was changed. Never be the same again. He had power. He knew. He found the prize he was looking for. And that's Jesus Christ. Now, if you're here this morning and you're not sure, then that can be settled. Maybe this will be the place where you'll find that treasure. You'll find Christ. We're going to have an invitation. If you have any questions, please come forward and we, so you can make sure that you're saved. And if you're here this morning and you found Christ, you know Christ. Maybe pray about ways you can share Him with others. Opportunities that you can be a witness and a testimony. Ways that you can kind of, so to speak, unlock those problems and unlock that that, that prize, so to speak, in Christ so others can know Him and they can be saved. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.